God bless you, Robert. How are you this fine morning? Hmm? You're not the Jehovah Witness now, are you? Because I'm in the Jehovah Witness Protection Program. <laughs> Howdy, homies. Welcome back. It's episode 15 of the Boondocks podcast, The Passion of Reverend Ruckus. Uh, this episode, here's our HBO synopsis. While Ruckus spreads the word of what Jesus to get into white heaven, Huey tries desperately to save his friend from death row. <laughs> I don't have any kind of uh, sexy synopsis for this one, you guys. It pretty much is what it is. Um, I imagine it's going to fuel a lot of interesting conversations, mm-hmm. though. But in the meantime, yeah, <laughs> what's new with y'all? I think so. Well, I think the f- before we before we start, we should uh, give a little shout out to Dennis Guggen, who has uh, been doing our custom pop vinyls. Uh, they are mostly Dennis so He's got Huey, Riley, Granddad, Tom and Jasmine and Uncle Ruckus right now. And they are amazing. So that's really exciting. And uh, we know that. And just a quick shout out to his, uh, if you want to look at what his collection looks like, you can go to facebook.com slash DG pop customs. Awesome. Cool. 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 Okay. So news. How do we, we're, we are one week into the, uh, into a new regime. Unquote. (laughs) How do you it's guys feel? Change. I know that I feel that it's a little more peaceful. Um, I don't know if that is attributed to the fact that we don't have a president that tweets 9,000 times a day <laughs> and tweets, you know, very, um, you know, harmful and, and racist and, you know, uh, just whatever else that's harmful. You know, that's what he tweets. Um, I don't know if that adds to it. I, I will admit that the only kind of like, um, tension or not tension but apprehension that's felt at least in our household is about you know this this new regime as we where we're going to refer to it here no as as uh they as they feel about two-way rights Mm. so i know that's we were kind of talking before you know we started recording and Mm. um you know having firearms and being able to practice our second amendment right is super important to us right now and that is like the biggest i don't want to say stain but like I said, you know, cause of apprehension um, surrounding our, our government. Other than that, I, I just feel I feel a little better um, that way. I feel like I can breathe. Um, of course, we still have the Boogaloo Boys and the Vanilla Isis and, and Proud Boys and all of those, you know, people lurking. Proud Boys. <laughs> Who, by the way, the U.S. will not condemn as a terrorist yes. organization, but Canada has. They acknowledge that the Proud Boys are racist motherfuckers and should be well, treated yeah, as I mean, terrorists. But BLM is a so. terrorist. Come on. But also, Come what on. the fuck, U.S.? Uh, that is bull, because it's <sighs> right. very clear that they're a terrorist. Like, but yeah. 
But yeah. Mm. Um, I think for me, I, I don't feel the need to have the news on all the time or to check Twitter or Facebook or whatever as much. It, well, it, it kind of feels like I'm weaning myself off of what was like my entire waking life was surrounded by negative news because there was uh-huh. so much happening. And if you turned it off, you would miss something. Whereas now, you know, we watch a news program and then we're like, cool, we just got all the news and yeah. they're about to repeat it. So we can change it to something else. And it doesn't feel like something major is going to happen. And when something major does happen, like the shit that McConnell did uh, to um, back away from trying to stand up to uh, uh, the the Democratic Senate, um, when he like did through a tweet, basically said, okay, you know, we're going to do this thing with you. So yeah. but next time, <laughs> so, like that was, that was, that was a late night thing that happened. I think while we were watching Rachel Maddow last night, uh, was that, that was last night, right? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. last night <laughs> during Schumer's interview on, uh, Schumer on looked MSNBC. A little, um, like he had um, a little like makeup on to like I don't, contour him a bit. And he like he had some he had some yeah he had like a lot of cheekbones <laughs> Not look so going old. on and about it like I don't know I was kind of like uh were you trying to tell us something um yeah sorry to interrupt but yeah <laughs> no hey hey there is nothing wrong with doing. wearing a little makeup to define those cheekbones, cheekbones <laughs> oh, sorry go ahead <laughs> nice <laughs> no it's um. I can I can watch the evening news without mm-hmm. feeling like I'm gonna have a panic attack, and that's that's a big difference, really. Um, I don't feel like well, okay. So one of the big things that happened today was uh, Jamie Harrison was picked to be the head of the the DNC. So he is very much left of everything the DNC has had for like the last twenty years, which is amazing. Maybe even longer. Still way to the right of me, but enough so that it feels like, okay, I'm not going to have to think about it going back to, Uh what's her name, Wasserman Schultz, who like wanted Hillary Clinton above everything, so she basically tanked the DNC. uh, Jamie Harrison isn't like that. He's very much about like making sure the minimum wage is something that the, the country understands is a good thing, and talking about, you know, because he he's used to this grassroots stuff because he took on McConnell for the Senate. Um, he just, I don't know, he, he can see what's wrong and he's not afraid to say something about it, which I feel like most politicians, mm-hmm. once they reach that level, stop caring so much about the small rural areas. And like, he's talking about how he wants to make sure that they understand the things that the DNC are trying to do are for them as well as the people who are Democratic voters, and making that a priority. And while I have no desire ever to talk to a Trump supporter in my, the rest of my entire life, I can appreciate the attempt to right the wrong that's mm-hmm. been happening in rural areas of this country, whereas the Democrats paid no attention to them for so long, they became easily scooped up by this psychotic right-wing whatever is happening. Um, and I would like to believe that with more information, they would make a more informed decision about things like who to choose for president and whether or not to overthrow the government. But, you know, they've been in a, in a, what do you call it? Uh, echo. They've been in an echo chamber for so long with no one from the democratic party 
really trying to do anything to change that, that that was a big part of what led to where we are right now. So I don't feel like everything's going to get magically fixed in the next couple of years. I'm absolutely pissed off that day one student loans under 50000 are going to be canceled hasn't happened yet on day seven. I'm pissed off that there are still concentration camps on day seven. Um, but some of the things that he's done have been really amazing, like turning back the transgender ban in the military and t- uh, turning back the, the, um, mm-hmm. the Muslim ban mm-hmm. from coming to this country. Um, he, he's so, like immediately everything that that I, asshole did, you know, when he came in and that was detrimental and that was a stain on America and that was a hit to our yeah. democracy. You know, Joe came in and was like, here, all right, well, let me go ahead and let me, you know, write this wrong, which I thought was great. Um, I think the big focus, which is helpful, is the fact on getting everybody yeah. back, you know, <clears throat> getting our economy back, um, getting people back to work, getting or not, you know, even before we do that, getting people the money that they need to stay yep. in their homes, <clears throat> getting them the opportunities. Mm-hmm. I am also pissed that that hasn't that was that was the thing that. Uh, um Senator Reid was talking about on Matto yesterday was that Schumer, I'm sorry, you're right, Schumer was on uh, Matto yesterday um, talking about uh, right now, or because the, the thing that McConnell was basically saying no to was, was getting the, uh, moving forward with the COVID package. And so they're, they're going through all of that fighting right now. And there is an easy way to right now make it happen. And I'm I'm worried that that the left is currently attempting still to work with the Republicans who have to this point, except for five of them, only five of them voted today to uh, actually go forward with the impeachment trial. Um, five? I thought it was ten. I think we've just they they, they oh. that was that's what they needed. Uh, I think was what. Yeah, so they would need 10 um, or 11 to make it a majority or a super majority or whatever it is that they, I don't know it as well as Dean does. <laughs> but uh, where was I in that? Dude, dude, dude. Uh, so like right now with the 50-50 split and Kamala Harris, they could have 51 votes right there and they can move forward. But they haven't done that yet under the guise of reaching out to the right, which I'm at the point that I'm at. I'm, I, I fuck them. Let them all crumble. They are being complicit with the attempted overthrow of this country and they don't want any consequences yeah, yeah. for Trump. I say fuck them. Do what needs to be done for this country and forget those guys who are only doing the bidding of a like little despot wannabe. And it's just, it's way beyond time to stop like... God damn it, I can't think of the right word. Um, to stop fawning over them and letting them, like, don't let the minority feel like they have any power yeah. at this yeah. point. It needs to stop. Yeah. And they're still I mean, giving him too much, I think. <clears throat> I do know that, you know, what 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 Joe yeah. did in helping and, like, saying, you know, states here, you have the right to go ahead and try to work out, you know, um, extensions of, you know, people's um, eviction, you know, they can't get evicted. I know mm-hmm. here in California, you can't, they can't even start yeah. saying anything until June 30th or July. Was it July 30th? Um, 
It's it's a start. They should just cancel it. It shouldn't be held. I mean, but it should be canceled, they are helping with saying, you know, me. you have to pay 25% <laughs> of your rent. Um, and then anything else that's like accrued, like they can come for, you know, they can come for that money after, you know, after the, 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 the period of June or July or whatever. But they can only come for you like in the in the court of law. Like it's not that they can say you're evicted and you owe us $12,000. Um, I just think that starting there and making sure that people can stay in their houses, that's one of the most important things. People can stay in their houses. They can then try to get back to work. Um, EDD is just fucked up completely here in California. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but Lindsay, have you heard about it? Oh, is it? No, but it's fucked up here too. Yo, Lindsay is so bad. They're just finding out like all about the, you know, the fraud and the, it was, I believe it's $1.7 billion um, in fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm like, so you guys were just sending out to anybody that filed. Y'all were just like, here, here's the card. Here's money. It is so (laughs) ridiculous. Um, and meanwhile, I know people who lost their jobs yeah. in March who didn't get unemployment until they, September. They have frozen um, people's accounts that they thought were fraudulent. And mm-hmm. you had to ID yourself. You had to go through an ID system and um, a separate ID system, get that ID, and then they started paying oh you again, God. hopefully. So, oh, I'm sorry. Not one point. Eleven billion. Eleven yeah. billion. Yeah. Holy shit. Christ. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's more than some countries like gross income and their gross, their GDP. It's like more than three. I remember they were saying on the news last night, like that is ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, if California became its own yeah. country, it would be like in the top that's 10 oh of the world. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, he did extend the federal benefits. So people are getting an additional $600 on top of their unemployment now. So that, you know, that should help. So I do think that he's definitely done some things where we can start to see some resemblance of, you know, uh, an economy that's working. When? Um, what I would say is, have you? Oh, my God. Wait. (laughs) Dean. uh, Oh, so. Okay, so they're trying to say they're trying to go uh, against that 11 million number by saying Uh, they they prevented 60 million or 60 billion. billion. In front. Well, that's good. Dean looked it up. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What? Right. I mean, I know whoever was in charge of it before here in California lost their job, and they have somebody else that's in charge of EDD now. So I guess that person's coming in and, you know, trying to save face. Maybe they have a nice little PR background since they came out with that nice little piece of information. Gives a shit. Like that. Right. That was. Oh, you saved money yeah. that we didn't send yeah. out to, to people by accident. And to, that's and to people not how that it are works. Dead. That's you know, doing their job. Their social security <laughs> number. And, um, right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You can have inmates and have a job outside and because they have a job and they went outside, they end up letting them file unemployment even though they were prisoners. Yeah. Scott Peterson got, um, was getting some. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Scott Peterson. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> we talked about the rapper, right? When I I think I told you guys about the rapper who yeah. was busted because he made the song. Yes. Yeah. He made over a million. Like I don't understand. First of all, you get your money on a Bank of America E D D debit card. Who was not like a million dollars on a Bank of America card? Like you can't even spend more than five hundred dollars a day. There's a limit that which you can like what you can swipe your card for. So I don't see how people just weren't flagged for this before. You know, 
Yeah. So. Right. That's just that's just not doing your job. That's that's not that's God damn. 30 billion paid out. OK. Jeez. So 30 billion that's now ridiculous. is what they're up Good to job, on their guys. tally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, California. <laughs> we see why half of you is just, you know, uh, right. bright red and all of the covid maps right now. Because all of your money that should have been going to helping people is being paid to and people that have been dead since nineteen oh six. You know, but it's cool. Um, let's let's do it. I, and I get that it was meant <laughs> okay. to help. I get it. Oh, I get that it was meant to help, but like there has to be checks and balances. Like you guys have to be yeah. prepared for things like that as an organization. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of you're there for emergencies and for times of you know of of need. So I don't see why you wouldn't have that already right. implemented. You know, but. It's too much like right. They don't do it. Like my great grandma used to say, if it's too much like right, <laughs> yep. they do the exact opposite. So, but yeah, it's been crazy. But anything else going on? I'm gonna say. What, uh, what do you think, um, Lindsay? How are you feeling about I feel everything? Like if you guys ever had a friend who dated that one guy or girl or whatever, and you're like, hey, hey, Gene, you know, you could do better than Roscoe. You really could do so much better. Why are you with this guy? He doesn't cook. He doesn't clean. He's just living off you. And then she leaves Roscoe and ends up with Dave or Donald. And Donald beats the shit out of her and chokes her and steals all her money and puts her down and calls her name and gets his friends to come over and beat the shit out of her. And then she finally leaves Donald and goes back to Joe. And you're like, oh, thank God she's back with Joe. <laughs> That's how I feel about <laughs> what's going on right now. Yeah. yeah. But I will yeah. say I, I am that yeah. friend who's like, oh, so, oh, Joe's not going to resign with private prisons. I guess he's all right. <laughs> like, that's kind of my attitude <laughs> towards all of it. But I'm waiting. Yeah. I am waiting yeah. for Joe and Kamala to slip up. Like, I keep seeing them do all this great stuff. And I'm like, oh, I guess that is really progressive. Hmm. Let's see what you do next. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they have done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and and something something being yeah. progressive is kind of a low bar, in my opinion, on the DNC. So they don't really yeah. have that far to look progressive. So I'm glad that they... That they are, you know, I feel like they're coming into a different, a different amount of bullshit than like what Obama <laughs> came into. Like every president comes into some bullshit that you have to clean up. Like every new, you know, cabinet. Mm. Um, so I feel absolutely. But I kind of I like the yeah. I like the analogy of going back to your old boyfriend and <laughs> yeah. like you know he's he's he grown up right. a little bit. But he is he now. he makes better? <laughs> has he has <laughs> he like he cooks now? But he yeah. doesn't yeah. wash the dishes still. He does, Ooh, yeah, he does wash the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Watching all of his laundry in one load, but it with does all the still like mixed. buzz me out. Like they're with they're making water. strides for sure, but there are, and maybe it's my ignorance around bureaucracy or whatever. But like, I do want to see more. I don't want to know that you're you're just not going to renew with private prisons. How yeah. about you abolish private prisons? Like, yeah. why can't you do mm-hmm. that? Even if it's an executive order. Yeah, yes. I want to see ICE abolished. Yeah. I, that's when I'll believe that this is heading toward the left. Like, I, I hate that it's not even mm-hmm. hyperbole to say that we have concentration camps here, yeah. that we have hundreds of kids who have been separated yeah. from their parents for years at this point. Like, it's just it's disgusting. And, you know, when I was saying earlier, that's, you know, it's day seven and then I feel like this should have already happened. I feel like concentration camps should have been in like the top 10. So I'm 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 holding on to that like okay you got a couple more days to get to your first 10 days in office. I might if I if like you know the next few days go really well, 
I might even be willing to go the whole hundred days before I start really criticizing him. But if we still have concentration fucking camps at the end of 100 days in office, I am done with the political system of this country because it means nothing yeah. about taking I care just, of the it, people I, here. I feel like, because um, so. I know it was like day one, like they literally, it like it was day one and people were complaining already about certain things. And I said, gosh, that's, it's day one. And I remember telling her, mm-hmm. I said, I think that the most difficult job is what do I tackle first? What is, what is the biggest issue that most of America wants to see me tackle. And that's kind of a hard decision to be able to make. You know, um, I think especially for Joe, who has so many other things that he's dealing with, you know, uh, Trump is not going to lay down on talking about his son, you know, and looking into his dealings with Russia and, and all this other stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's, that hasn't gone away. Um, you know, he has, you know, all the, the worrying about now the terroristic oh. groups, you know, the, the domestic terrorist groups. So it's, and it's, but then you have Corona and you have people that are hungry and you have people that are out of work. What is more important to say that you're going to tap on the first hundred days? That's what I feel like, you know, is difficult. But I will say that Absolutely. if you don't take care of those children in these concentration camps, like you're saying, we are only going to make people, we're going to make individuals that will eventually be let free in our system, in our, in our, United, in our, in our um, country and they're angry. And they have an idea mm-hmm. about our government yeah. and about our yeah. authorities and about our legal system. And we know what happens when that occurs. We just make another criminal. We make somebody who's mentally, you know, not all there. And that that's going to be on us, you know. And so you're right. Yeah. Like, it's it's something urgent because if we're not taking care of them, we're only making, we're kind of making monsters, you know. And it's going to be, it's going to be our own fault. So. Yep. It's terrifying how long it took people to see what was happening and in my opinion it's even more terrifying that there are people out there that still believe that lie so (laughs) that the long con you know of trump they still believe in that so strongly that like i don't know if you pay attention to any right-leaning stuff but like i know dean's been uh watching some um news sites and and twitter's great at screenshots from Carler and all of that. Like there are some really unstable people out there that were essentially gathered by the people who had, you know, the, the news organizations on the right leaning networks and created so much disharmony. So far, what I've heard from Biden doesn't make me feel like he's going to be able to do anything about that. And I think that's the the biggest fear that I have is that we're going to be right back where we were within a couple of years. Um, and that's only, I, I say a couple of years only if Trump actually has to like start from the bottom and, and somehow makes it I without getting going to prison. Impeachment. For so, me, I don't want to have to take care of him. I don't think that he deserves to have, you know, the Secret Service. I don't think that he deserves right. to have the payment. Yeah, like I that that's my biggest thing. Want him, of course, but we can go to jail. But I don't want to have to take care of him. I want, yeah, I want him to be in history books as the first president that we don't take care of. That he does not get, you know, all the benefit of being the president at a certain point in time. I want him to have a slap in his face. I want him to have to, as you know, old black auntie say, pick his face up off the floor. You know, it's cracked. You pick it up, put it back together. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he just. Yeah, he doesn't. Des- he doesn't deserve it. Um, I I wanted to ask you guys if you guys have been watching the clips of when people found out that they were not allowed to fly, 
and people being arrested. Oh, yeah. You know, the, oh, the stuff, <laughs> some of the best content mm-hmm. in media in a long time. I, yeah. I don't, I don't like to laugh at people hilarious. in unfortunate situations, it's but it's really, really fucking hard I not plan. to. As if, you know, they can hear me. Especially the ones that like buckle up, you know, and they're like all of 122 pounds and you have two cops trying to drag you and you're like, oh no, this hurts. Well, bitch, it hurts because you're fighting against it. That's what happens when you're fucking handcuffs. That's what happens. Um, <laughs> they're not supposed yes. to do that to us. Oh my God. I Black could, Lives Matter. And the dude matter. that was crying walking through the airport, <laughs> look what they're doing to me. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Lindsay, I, I was watching them and I was like, I know that my fellow Aries has to be getting so much joy from this as I am. Did you happen to catch any of those? <laughs> no, I went the opposite raid way as an Aries does, which is rage. Um, <laughs> because I'm just like, why is he walking through the airport? Why aren't these people in jail on site? Well, yes, like it yeah. trips me out like mm-hmm. how we're acting so chill about everything that went down. The one who stole Pelosi's laptop how they sent her home, the 22-year-old sent her home on bail with her mom. Are you serious? They still haven't, mm-hmm, and they still haven't found that laptop. They still haven't found the laptop, and they have found that she, while, while home on bail, uh, sent messages to, uh, like, message oh. boards saying to erase m- things that you would put on social media, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And she's not this a chick, girl, like, if it were me, she, she wasn't just, like, some like, simple. underneath the jail. With no food, no water, anything mm, else. Yeah. But she gets oh, to go yeah. home and then continue to do her uh-huh. shit up. And they they suspect her of trying to sell Nancy yeah. Pelosi's yeah. laptop to agents in Russia. Wow. And she, and she got admitted, to go home but on she admitted bail. it. Didn't she end up admitting so, that that was her plan? Yeah. So that she was gonna sell it to Russia? I honestly don't know what wow. she has said yet. What is I have not paid attention to that. Year old privilege. That's like the girl that tackled the what boy is- that she said stole her phone, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You know, like, what but the hell my is feeling is what is yeah. wrong with America? What is wrong with America for not enforcing yep. the law, enforcing the Constitution? Uh, if you're not going to do that, well, then, hey, like you said, in the next four years, let's come on, y'all. Let's do it again. Insurrection part two. Mm-hmm. And this time it'll be oh, yeah. more people yeah. because they'll have a chance to build and raise money and they will find new ways to, to congregate and amass more weapons and well, what scares make better me is plans that they're finding so many and, law enforcement you know, people that were involved. It doesn't surprise oh, me yes. because we know what goes yeah. on, oh, but yeah. it does terrify me. It doesn't surprise so me. Either, and yeah. and not, not people that are in it for like a year or two, people that have been, you know, officers for 18, 20, 22, 25. So it's like, what are they out there doing? How many of their arrests are valid? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's, that's what's scary. I mean, but like I said, watching these people get arrested, that's funny. Um, especially the dude that was the, the part of Congress or part of the, uh, West Virginia, uh, was he part of Congress? He had a newly, yeah, a newly appointed congressman from West Virginia. Oh, he was a newly appointed me. delegate. I- yeah. Well, either way, he was part of, you know, like you were at your job basically when you decided to go there and do that. You were at your job. You were, you basically, that was your employer and you were there fucking shit up. Um, 
and he got arrested and you should have seen his, his girl or his mom or somebody running right out after all the federal agents that had him. You know, you could see that she was like going to the, you know, bailsman or bondsman. She was throwing her jacket on. I was like, well, that's what you and he get. Um, yeah, I, that, that has been the one little, one little light of joy was seeing that those clips. Um, I definitely think that they should all be get, looking at more than a year. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it ranges, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what they found and, you know, um, and kind of what they're finding out about these people's history. Like some are looking at five, some are looking at 10, but most of them are looking at a year or less. And that's, that's not enough to deter anybody. Yeah. And this is, I have, I have so little faith in the way our system operates for people like these. That like a lot of them are affluent people, like people with money. And so that tells me that they're going to end up with a fine or they're going to end up with like probation or maybe house arrest. But it's not going to be prison. It's not it's not even going to be like a holding cell, really. That's why that girl got out on bail so quickly, because. uh, Yeah, it's there are. Trying to explain to people who still don't mm-hmm. understand that there are two mm-hmm. different sy- law systems in this country yeah. for black, yeah. for, for mm-hmm. white people and everybody else, pretty much. It's, it's mind blowing to me, especially after living through the last year, that I have had conversations with people where they yeah, still they don't, don't understand. They don't want to. Like you'll even tweet about it or like it's just interesting to yeah. me to kind of like the different little circles you run in and stuff. A lot of people have nothing to say about it at all. All. Like they won't even say like, oh, wow, I never realized white privilege was taken to this degree mm-hmm. or, you know, they just they don't even touch it. They don't want to talk about it. They want to gloss over it and move on with the conversation. And it's just like, OK, sis, I see you. Thanks. Right? Bye. And like you get so upset about it when somebody mm-hmm. says it. But why why do they get so upset about it? Like, why is that such mm-hmm. a a, um, a put down for me to say that you are experiencing white privilege or that you have it? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it because deep down is because you know that it's fucking true and do deep, 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 deep down, deep down somewhere, there's some sense of human, you know, human decency that's saying, okay, this isn't right. Like, if that's not it, then shut the hell up and take it for what it is. Um, Because that was nothing but. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think it's that, though. They think like, well, I worked hard. I work hard. I have problems. I have struggles. And so it's not fair to say I'm privileged. But Shit, everybody so, works and they hard. just think like, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And some of us 10 times harder than others. And right? I think it's that right? 10 times harder that they think is hyperbole and are hyperbole. And we're just complaining and whining and get over slavery and all this kind of stuff like they just think we're dramatic that's why like someone had tweeted one day like oh the rest of the world is wondering how donald trump is not in jail i tweeted back why are you wondering and this was like a celebrity or somebody i was like (laughs) why are you wondering that right right have you have you paid attention like have you listened to anything going on in this country for the past eight years plus like where have you been no the summer yeah. of Karen? Did you miss that? Right. Okay, I guess you did. I guess we were all just being dramatic. I'm <laughs> sorry. Well, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. We were all in another world and they were in the real world. Like <sighs> I don't I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. Um I I can never be that delusional and not have that conversation oh. with myself. I bet you're being delusional. You know, I could never do it. So I don't see how that's not something that happens with them. Because when when I do it, I'm like, all right, girl, 
you're being hella fake if you see it like and you know it everybody else has to so let's go ahead and switch something up i don't see how nobody you know what it is there's people that are not accountable and that's one of the biggest things yep. that pisses me off about adults be accountable about mm-hmm. what you do and who you are and either repair it or don't like be in your shit and be like i'm a shitty person or want to change it one or the other like don't straddle the damn fence and that's what it is with people Agree. i think you know yeah yeah Agreed. Absolutely. But uh, speaking of um, white privilege as kind of this little, you know, ideal, yes. uh, <laughs> let's talk about white heaven with, uh, you know, Ruckus's yes, uh, yes. I'm about to die dream. <laughs> Who's that? <to> do? <laughs> yeah, he meets Ronald Reagan. And oh, man. But can we can we just talk about how Ronald Reagan was like? Yeah, I hated what I hated yeah. black people. All those things I did because I hated black people. Like <laughs> I was like, right? We were saying that in the eighties and nineties. You know, but you twenty percent um, this great guy. Home, um, APRs uh, on buying homes. Twenty five percent. Like that wasn't done because he loved black people. Come on. Um. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's bring that in. <laughs> crack. Let's bring in a little thing called crack and only bring in goods. Right. You know. Jeez. Crack. <laughs> uh, I I do. The, one thing that happened in that scene that kind of uh, cracked me up was, I don't know if you noticed, but when Ruckus was looking at his ideal self turned <laughs> white, he still had the fake eye. Like, if you're going to imagine like, your best self, like, aren't you going to, you know, maybe right? fix the thing? <laughs> right? That's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Right? Um, yeah, you know, maybe he sees that as like powerful. I don't know, because he definitely did keep that keep that eye there. Um, I thought that was very interesting that you know it was Ronald Reagan that that you know who was who was kind of touring him around and letting him know how great heaven was. Um, I'm I'm interested well, I to almost... go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh no no go ahead. I almost brought it up when we were talking at the beginning about like just Trump and how horrible he was and how he whipped up all this hate. But do you guys really think Trump's agenda was so different than Ronald Reagan and the many Republican leaders before him? Because I sure as hell don't. Trump was no. just too loud and stupid. No, isn't that something that he said <laughs> no. he looked up to? Like, no, I think of most top, of, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of Trump's supporters, most of Trump's supporters probably mm-hmm. thought that Ronald Reagan was the best thing since God before they had Trump. So I think that was very much Ronald Reaganomics, but to a, you know, new century (laughs) where, you know, during a pandemic, you have like five companies that make two hundred trillion dollars, but the rest of the country is dying. So (laughs) like that's that's like the epitome of Reaganomics right there. The the trickle down of uh, uh, economics that came out of that era just led to where we are right now. 40 years later. And you still feel in the yeah. effects because what they did was so strategic, mm-hmm. strategically planned. Yeah, it was so st- strategically the real planned, now. and it's mm-hmm. generations and generations now that are feeling it. Like we're the second generation that are, you know, that are feeling the results of of that. Um, yeah, that was um, once again Aaron Magruder being like a psychic. Mm-hmm. Yep, so absolutely. Crazy. But yeah, this episode it was. Um, as somebody who, I think we've kind of talked about it before and we don't have to get too deep, but sees religion as, um, to most people, well, for most, it's, an, it's, an, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous, I'll say. Um, and because 
it doesn't bring people together, um, you know, overall. So this kind of talking about, you know, how Brooke is just at this like epitome of just like Christianity all of a sudden, but his Christianity was from, you know, the, the mind mm-hmm. of ruckus hate so yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah so exactly from hate yeah like ruck- ruckus represents so many uh <laughs> characters basically i mean the 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 you looked it at the um dean looked it at the the creature who basically like saw ruckus and was like come here i'm gonna you know so oh yeah armstrong williams so that is you know, Armstrong Elder was the name of the character in the show, and it was Armstrong Williams who is a um, American political commentator, entrepreneur, author, oh. talk show host, and advisor to Ben Carson, and Larry Elder who is also an American political talk show host, radio show, author, attorney, and documentary filmmaker. So uh, two black conservative. Uh, Preachery type real people were were kind of mashed together for the the preacher that then took ruckus and saw that you know he'll probably bring in lots of money and lots of eyes and he's preaching something that I dig with you know like right down to the I, I bet you have a white yeah, uh, yeah. married a white woman yeah yeah like, I guess I have well, yeah can I see a picture yeah <laughs> like all of that is so perfectly like black man that hates being black. And see, and being able to kind of lift, yeah, you know, yeah. the Ben Carson's um, of the world. He was, you know, he was definitely, <laughs> you know, pointing to more of the evangelist side, you know, um, of it, and especially the last scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a revival, and I'm doing air quotes as if you guys can see me, but it was kind of like a revival. <laughs> but and, and believe me, my grandfather was a minister. My grandfather was above a minister. Um, you know, he was an elder, and. Um, you know, my grandfather was not your typical. My grandfather was the best man you would have ever met in your entire life. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was definitely, there was times that they had revivals. But my grandfather never took any of the money that the church made and lived off of it. My grandfather worked for Sears and the automotive department until they like were like, sir, you can never, you can't work here anymore. You are done. Like, retire, you know, Aww. and he still didn't want to do it at that time. <laughs> but there are others that don't do it for that purpose, you know, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw the the white evangelist mm-hmm. pastor who right before the election um, or it was right after the election, she was praying to the, the African angels to make oh Trump. Oh, my win. God. You, did, did you see what? it, Lindsay? Yes. Oh, no, I missed that it one. It was okay. insane. It was like totally insane. Yeah. She, yeah. All you have to look up the lady praying to the African <laughs> angels. African spirits, <laughs> African angels. I mean, they. What was the the one um, pastor guy who was like, "Covid, oh ah, lord, blow you away," <sighs> when like that crate, like he went like psychotic and it was like laughing. That's like, what she ended up doing. She ended up at one oh point just being hysterical um, and like, laughing. Religion and oh my god, you, it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, Dean. Oh, I'm hoping you, you find it. It was. It, yeah. It was. It definitely showed. Yeah. It definitely showed. Yeah. Those you people. Found it those individuals that are in for, for the money and the people that follow them. It's like, that's, that's why we have people that mm-hmm. are delusional. Victory, victory in the corridors of heaven. The angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now. Africa right now. Africa right now. From Africa right now. They're coming here. They're coming here. In the name of Jesus from South America. They're coming here. I did see this. I was like, I was like South America, you said you were praying to the that's African crazy. angels. 
Why does what does South America have to do with it? <laughs> like Cheetah though, what she was praying for, she was making up names. She was like, Umbumbe, Kutapa, Kupakuta. She was just saying sounds. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that's she what African language sounds like. Like that would have surprised me, but right. But, <laughs> That I'm not is even going to say her name. That's what that reminded <laughs> me of. That is what this whole, like, what, what Rekha's got involved in, what he got involved in, and that last scene, that's completely motor reminded me of. Um, yeah, that, what was, I think the most telling about this entire episode was um, Huey and, you know, him trying to, to, you know, to make sure that the guy didn't, you know, didn't die. Yeah. Um, Shabbat. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, so let's back yeah. up on that. So. Yeah. That's like the parallel story that's being weaved through. Um, you've got like Ruckus is quote unquote the main story, but um, now I have to find <laughs> Dean's notes in all of these papers. There they are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Shabazz K. Milton Burl, who is uh, based on Mumia Ab- uh, Abu Jamal. I don't know if you guys know who that is in real life. Um, uh, so in this, that he is a... Junior Black Panther uh, member who is accused of uh, killing a deputy, even though there is eight millimeter uh, mm. uh, evidence and the stenographer uh, and yeah by okay. uh, e- Eli Gorbinski. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the the that story of him being on death row um, is the uh, is. Where yeah, no, no. To, it's good I to like to tell get that, that out before you know, we started really talking what about actually it. Actually, influences the story and who the person is based off mm-hmm. of. Hell yeah, yeah. Because there's so many people, unfortunately, that died or that were, you know, wrongly accused and jailed because of the Black Panther movement. And I am so excited about the movie mm-hmm. that's coming out um, about it. I want to be excited, yeah. but they did yeah. shit to Harriet. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yes. So um, <laughs> anyway, yes. yeah. I thought that that the um, parallel story. It was very telling. It was a parallel story, but it was very intertwined, you know, on on faith and belief and yes, um, absolutely, you know, and the importance of life. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really good. And just, yeah, spirituality versus religion. They yeah. are not the same. Yep. I am a highly spiritual mm-hmm. person, which y'all know I'd be saying all kinds of fuck shit. <laughs> and people are like, how can how can you say that you are <laughs> spiritual? Um, because. To me, the key difference is I and I'm not saying religion comes from a place of hate. I never come from a place of hate mm-hmm. or negativity. Mm-hmm. I yeah. am pure in my intentions, so I think. <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of religion because I grew up yeah. in the Catholic Church and we absolutely are taught that homosexuality is wrong and you can't masturbate. That's crazy. And um Uh, ringing the doorbell for satan (laughs) like all kinds of of things that were like just based in hate like sadly you know yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. i I like what you say because i'm the same way i'm very spiritual um you know i believe everything as a whole i mean they just said they found like kind of like a new planet kind of but just saying how this universe is so vast and we don't understand even an inkling of it and so why is it wrong to be more spiritual than to claim that you mm-hmm. are a religious person? Why is that wrong? You know, but having spirituality, I think is powerful. And there are so many religions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There are so many religions who's to say which one is right. And there are so many that overlap and sound like they could have had the same source material, 
but were just interpreted differently. Like that tells me that, you know, that it's, it's human evolution to tell stories and writing it down, but presenting it as fact somewhere along the way, mm. which was done for power by the church. Uh, that's, that's when it gets screwed up. When someone inserts these good moral ideas, uh, inserts, you know, a power structure into that. It like, like I will 100% say that if I was to consider, I don't consider myself religious in any way, shape or form, but I do believe that the things that Jesus preached mm -hmm. were the things that I live my life by uh, because Jesus was a socialist who believed that everyone should be able to eat and should be able to live and, you know, not die from something that's completely preventable. And that's exactly where I am. And my morals and my ideals all sprung from the idea that all men are created equal, which is not what really was meant when that was written down in the I mean, I think it was a comedian that said, so. let's be honest, like everything that we learn from religion is what you learn in kindergarten. Be kind to people. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, respect people. Be neat. Be this, be that. Mm -hmm. And it is. I mean, the basics of what, of what we all know religion to be, the yeah. basics, are something that we should all hold. Um, now, refuting and, you know, not refuting the Bible, but referring to the Bible at a certain time, it's like, hmm. Don't come to me with that because it's man written and none of us, I mean, you know, like I've said before, I could write a book, mm -hmm. bury it. Yes. Somebody can find it in centuries and go, whoa, Queen Tiffany was the, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden it's religion based off of what I believe. And my shit could be like, smoke weed oh, every yeah. day and live your life. <laughs> you know, it could be, you know, Hell yes. those could be the things that I write <laughs> about. It. And then there's going to be people centuries and, 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 you know, from now that are following that and, and, but then turn into something that they create wars out of or that they tout themselves as being better than the other people. And, and, you yeah. know, and that's what it's turned to. So that's when I think it becomes a problem. Um, and where I'm more comfortable in saying I'm, I'm spiritual, Agreed. but I live my life right. I don't harm other people. I don't set out intentionally mm -hmm. to be malicious. Um, but I am who I am. And so if that comes with me speaking my mind sometimes and, you know, um, you know, like, like you said, my intent is always to be good. And for my message to be, yeah. you know, delivered with purpose, not to be delivered with harm or, or danger. So I think that's, you know, the the big thing that people need to kind of tap into. Um, but, you know. So I have a I have a clip that kind of goes along with this. Glenda, yeah. you promised to take me to the prison tonight. Not tonight. Somebody has to talk some sense into ruckus. But I'm trying to save my friend. Me too. But I promised him. I gave him my word I'd be there. He's gonna die, and there's nothing you can do about it. <sighs> you should pray for your friend, Huey. That's all anyone can do for you. Oh, look, the king and all the color folks die before What him. makes your God any less made up than like his? big old dark chocolate soup. So hate the black within you. <laughs> what makes your yeah. God any less made up than his? And I, I thought that that was really, like, that was what I struggled with when I was growing up. Like, when I would hear something about, say, like the Muslim religion or Buddhists or Catholics or whatever, you know, I the church that I grew up in was um, kind of a non-denominational version, non-denominal, non-denominational version of of like Quakers, and um, so it's like 
a lot of, um, and I can't even think of Mennonites. That's what I was trying to remember. So the the sister church to the church I grew up in was the Mennonite church, which is uh-huh. basically, you know, Quakers, Amish, that sort of thing. Um, and <laughs> And in that, I technically did not learn that other religions were wrong, but I did very much internalize that Christianity very much thought it was right. And because I was that curious kid that read everything I could, I learned about, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Spanish Inquisition and, you know, burning of witches and like basically all of these things that religion has caused. And it just fucked me up for religion altogether. And I feel like it all comes down to that another. question. What makes one God yeah, any yeah. better than another or and any more real makes than another? The, what makes your opinion based on your religion correct over mine? And I think that's what the kind of the, the question was, you know, the answer and, and the, what they were yes. posing. Because he really believed in this, in this this man and he really believed that he deserved to live. Um, yeah. And by everybody else, you know, by everybody else's idea, no. He committed a crime. He had been in jail for it. And that was the end of the, the sentence was this. And that's what should have happened. Um, so it, yeah, it definitely was kind of posing a question at that point. And how were you going to answer that? Like, what do you feel as somebody that believes? I think it was even more so the thought that the thought process he was trying to invoke by that. But this dude's deep. I mean, I mean, Aaron Magruder was that. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the writers and, and the writers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, I think one of the biggest things that uh, I'm going to want to talk about next uh, next week when we do our season recap um, is going to be Huey's like honest growth throughout and like, um, you know, being a junior revolutionary all the way to where he literally has a plan on how to try and break out this this person from prison that he admired so much and, and believed in so much. He was willing to die to help break this man out of prison or, or to stop the execution in any way that he could. And it was like he spent this season kind of trying to figure out where to put his energy. And this is where he decided at the end. And like he found a good cause and he had this plan. And then Grandpa just screwed mm-hmm. him over because of his so-called friend who was trying to brainwash yeah. people into hating black people. So I like part of it is also you're breaking your promise to me when you know how important this is to me and how much I believe and how strong I believe in this. Like, I think he's yeah. really disappointed in Grandpa at the same time as being angry that, that yeah. Grandpa's taking that. Especially because, ruining you his know, plan. Grandpa, we know Grandpa like went home and got his raincoat, you know, and during times, but yeah. Grandpa, you know, touts all of that and lives through all of that. So you <laughs> right? think that he's like, no, don't yeah. you want to live for somebody, especially for a black man? Um, so I do, I, I did, I think there's definitely, you know, that age where they say you become the, well, I don't think Huey ever has the innocence of a child, but where they say you all of a sudden you lose that innocence of a child. And there's that one time <laughs> yeah. where all of a sudden something, you, you become cynical because you see the truth in it. Like you, you, you have to be, you have to face it. I think that if there was a defining moment other than wherever his parents are, you know, um, besides that happening, this was definitely another time because he had yeah. he kind of lost faith in a way. Um, you know, he was out there just crying and praying and crying and, you know. Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> that's my, my, my next, uh, my other clip is his prayer. So I never prayed before. I don't even know who I'm praying to. 
Maybe I'm too young to know what the world is supposed to be. But it's not supposed to be this. It can't be this. So, please. Like I, it almost like it seriously brings tears to my eyes because it's so, um, it's vulnerable. It's so truthful. And so many of us, I think have, have gone through that. Mm -hmm. Like you get to a point where you're just like, all right, I'm going to try this. Like, I I don't even know who the hell I'm talking to, but I'm going to try this and just please make it work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, um, it's a, I think it's a great way for it to be the season finale. I think it was, yeah, probably the most memorable, one of the most memorable. Yeah. Well, and I really like how right after this moment, this after this prayer, uh, the the two stories kind of collided because uh, God mm-hmm. supposedly <laughs> struck well, that, down yeah, Marcus, who was, was basically fun. saying, "If I'm wrong, he let Jesus strike me too. now." Got struck by he lightning. Got lit up. It was hilarious. <laughs> but also, <laughs> hell yeah, God got involved exactly, and that. But at the same time, it shut down the power at the prison right at the exact same moment that this man was about to get executed, which also was at the exact same moment that the governor decided to pardon him and call. That's funny. And actually, we never That's talked funny. about the reason why uh, the governor ended up pardoning him. So, yeah, let's go back and do that point, one. we're resorting to what I call desperation the of the show. tactics. Such as? Doing not so great. I've sent anonymous letters to the governor threatening to expose his gay lover. I wasn't aware the governor was gay. He probably isn't, but I figured 10% of the population is gay and probably about half of people cheat on their spouses. So I figure that plan has about a 5% chance of success. Better than nothing. Huey. What? You always say I should have faith. Well, that's me having faith. Random anonymous blackmail. <laughs> yeah, so I like that that he says this is how I show faith. This is how I believe in this thing and I'm going to follow through with it. It's going to happen because it has to. Yeah. Um, in his yeah. So and this was like the clip that I picked. Um because y'all, I'm in tech. Yeah. I'm in San Francisco. Believe it or not, being kind of religious is actually shunned out here. A lot of people kind of or I should say, well, not so much spiritual. Spirituality is seeing this kind of revival where people love astrology and they love tarot cards and all this kind of shit. But people will side eye mm-hmm. you for being of the spiritual nature, which I am. And I have been on this um, tour lately with people having these conversations around spirituality. A lot of people are going through it in this pandemic. To me, what has happened here with Huey, that is... Um, true spirituality and true faith. And I was ranting about this on Twitter the other day. You guys may or may not have seen it when I was talking about, listen, a lot of people think I'm a good person. I pray. I do this. I do that. Good is supposed to happen for me. And I was saying, no, no, no. Like you do all your work. You learn who you are and you learn your strengths. So when Huey kind of says that blackmail is his tactic, that's his idea of faith. And then that is what ends up saving the day. Y'all, learn who the fuck you are and mm-hmm. start doing the shit that you know how to do. Because, listen, and yes, I do think there is some kind of, if you want to call it magic, there's some kind of spiritual flow to the ship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But if you Divine get in alignment with yourself, <laughs> with who you are, what you know how to do, and you start acting on that shit, watch how the magic fucking happens. I'm telling you. You can think I'm crazy. You can think I'm a nut job, but... 
my life's going pretty smooth since I kind of got in alignment with myself and started acting crazy. So <laughs> yes, we need the hand snaps or the finger snaps, the applause to that. That is 1000% true. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I've 1000% <laughs> been there. And it, it's, it's more than freeing. It's powerful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it allows you to really live your true self. Like we're not here to, to you know, yes. live falsehoods and, and put on, you know, these facades. Um, that's what gets us into the society that we are now where everybody is more about self than they are about community. But when you really live who you truly yeah. are and you're comfortable with that, then it's easy for you to kind of give yourself to others and do what we're supposed to do, you know? Um, so, yeah, I completely yeah. dig that. And I, I, that's the same way I felt. And I, deep down, like I've, I was watching it and I felt like he's not real. But what I'm thinking is, I hope he learns from this and he learns to go ahead and continue to believe in what he really <laughs> believes in. Like, and I had to tell myself, you are not even that high. This is a completely costume. It's not real. But that's a thought that I had. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and there may be a real life Huey out there somewhere who, you know, kids are getting back into this, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Especially um, right now with everything that's been happening. Who had to look mm-hmm. it up and knew exactly what the show was, but because of, you know, because of the podcast, they do. And so I have to, of course, I'm like, you guys can't watch this episode. If you do like, if when you want to watch the episode, come to us first so we can at least watch it together. Because I think there, there are a lot of, lessons that can be learned and I think that it is it's appropriate for a I think for eight to eighteen year olds right now. You know, I don't nine to eighteen year olds. I think they're smarter than what we give them credit for. I know mine are. Um mm-hmm. you know so Absolutely. The kids that I yeah, work with right, they try right. to hide it. They try because they it. definitely do that's <laughs> what my husband says all the time when he's telling his kids like you know this. Like why why do you think it's cute so you to act like you don't? Um yeah, because right? kids yeah. are sharp. Society shames them into being complacent and kind of yeah. not mm-hmm. stupid, but like sheep and to go with the flow and all this kind of stuff. Well, I know you guys heard growing up, it's uh, your child be seen and not heard, you know, um, oh, yeah. many times. And I think that mm. I think that's a detriment. I think that's that's wrong because then you you allow for them to really not develop critical thinking and develop their own opinion no matter how right or wrong it is. And it it devalues yeah. the yeah. potential yeah. opinion they would have yeah. before they even yeah. have it. We let so our they're kids, not going to believe in themselves. We let our kids talk. Yeah. Um, you know, our 12-year-old came in and had a very interesting idea of love songs and why he loves like Joe and Jaheem and all these songs that we don't listen to. But, you know, he's like thinking he's getting game from them. And we have to correct him a little bit on his ideas but if he didn't have um, if, he, if he didn't feel this open to coming to us, you know, my son may be out there, you know, being a simp one day, and we don't want that to happen. So, oh no, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> fantastic. no sense. <laughs> I'm gonna admit, I a really simp? have no idea what that. <laughs> it, yeah, I figured, but yeah, no, it's just it's. Just language that I've seen and heard, but yet it's haven't that quite girl or processed guy what it's just means. desperate for you. Tiara, I'll drink the sweat from your underarms. Please, baby, please. I love yeah. you. Oh, anything you do online, they just go crazy oh, for you and just fawning over you. It's gross. Don't, no sense. Yeah. People do it as like for celebrities. Like, yeah, it sounds fun. gross. Yeah, like the scrub. Yeah, like him. Yeah. As my sister would say, <laughs> As my sister would would quote, no scrubs. 
hanging out the side of your passengers. Yeah. Uh, hanging out the so passenger side. So as my son got into Maggie's ride, that song was on the playlist. My husband was like, "No, download this one." <laughs> so my husband had him download the guy version. <laughs> uh, yeah, no pigeons. Pigeons. And so that's what him mm-hmm. and my other son. That's what they they sing. They blast that one now. Um, but he was like, "No," <laughs> he put a halt to that real quick, real quick. Uh, <laughs> but then again, my son listens to E40. You know, Captain Save a Ho. There's differences, right? There's differences. You have to have a car. Yeah, yeah. At least have a car. Yeah. So it's just, let's you know, that's a different life lesson than this episode. But it is, it's the same as you know, just letting your kids kind of develop their own personalities, their own opinions, their own views. You know, our job as parents is to kind of, um, you know, tweak them and point them in the right direction if they're kind of leaning in the wrong direction. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. this, this episode was, it was, it, like I said, there was, you had to really dig deep into understanding what the theme was, you know, and not just overall look at it as like an episode that Uncle Ruckus kind of got the shine because that's what it appeared. You know, I had to watch it a couple of times to not have that, mm-hmm. you know, that idea. Well, I mean, there were so many little things that, like, I, I wrote just a bunch of stuff that I, I wasn't really going to bring up, but there's just so much that was in this episode. Like, Jasmine and Huey's relationship, where he's, like, trying to recruit her to do these things with him, and she's just, like, looking at him like, whatever, I yeah. got half a Snapple <laughs> and some Fig Newtons or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, you are not committed to the revolution. And you know what was funny like, whatever, is dude. when... Um... <laughs> uh, yeah. I doubt your commitment. Um, <laughs> what was funny and kind of telling to me was when Jasmine's dad was like, I don't like those people. When he was like, I don't like Usher. And he was like, I don't like people. I'm, a, I'm more of Carmel. Yeah. Like, yes. like that. It was like, oh, you guys are just, just swinging for the, just swinging for the, the fences in this one. He just keeps going. That to me, mm-hmm. yeah. I wrote down Tom yes, almost immediately falling into Ruckus's religion. Yes. yes. Hate thyself uh, to save thyself. Also, Tom believes in light skin privilege uh-huh. because he was like, I'm more of a caramel mm-hmm. instead of being black. Like that, that really, and it was a total throwaway line, but I was like, hey, yeah. hey, I know what yeah, that is. Yeah, he definitely kind of showed his, 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 it was just funny to me because That's the episode where he, you know, where about Usher is one of the best and the funniest to me. So that oh, yes. kind of me yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so, we'll get, so what we'll do you guys think about Riley? Because Riley weeks, didn't actually. evolve at all in this episode. Um, Riley was Riley. Yeah. Riley was yeah. like comic relief in this. Like when Huey hugged him when he thought he might possibly die or have to run away to Cuba for the rest of his life. Yes, and Riley's that, like, ooh, you gay. That was so funny. Because he said, I love you. So <laughs> like, and the prisoner who was talking about, you know, his his yeah, spotting yeah. partner wasn't spotting for him anymore. I, like, so he was like and kind I of just the running throwaway though. joke. Wasn't he talking about or, something about like, when I go to heaven, I'm going to tell Jesus to get me a taco yeah. and this and that. <laughs> yes. And if he does it. He wants to beat up God. Yeah. He wanted to beat up God. And like, and that's actually the first time Dean and I watched it. He was like, do you think Riley wants to beat up God because his parents died? It does. I was like, right. Oh, does. That that, that's kind of why deeper, I brought it up. It? Because I think he was trying to be that realistic rep- representation about why a lot of people get into being an atheist and all this kind of stuff because they deal with the hardships in life and they're like, man, fuck yeah. that fairy tale shit. Like, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. It's exactly like his view on Santa. Like God God to him is somebody who he needs to extract vengeance from because God took away his parents. Uh, that's, we, what did yeah. he say he wanted that a taco the assumption or we were going on to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Both. Dean says both. That's funny. <laughs> I did it's not write that down, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to say something. Yeah. He's going to tell God that. Say something. Violet, yeah. That, he definitely was the comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's, he was more of the, the trope part of this yeah, episode. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He did call Huey Morpheus. You're right. My nine-year-old was that's like, who's funny. Morpheus? What is he talking about? I was like, oh. I forgot. I was like, oh, that's that. me. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a whole, Ooh. I can't even explain that to you. That's the whole, the whole movie. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he was set up, though. He had his we body got, on. We got to watch the movie, yeah. Yeah, as you know, two pistols. Yes, the swords, yeah. Guns and his swords. He was all set. Um, yeah, the only other thing that really kept coming up uh, in that I found really interesting was how willing the white neighbors and white community members were to believe this, to be okay with it. Like they were like, I mean, we're okay. Cause we're white, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm going to go. Or yeah, I don't like black people. Oh my gosh. Or what was it? <laughs> Hate the sin, not the sinner. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting the way that they literally were just like, you know, stone faced. I don't care when yeah. Ruckus was first being so completely racist. And then it grew to revival stage because all of these white people were like, yeah, we fucking hate black people. We weren't going to say it, but if you're going to tell us that it's okay to, then cool. <sighs> and I think that's actually uh, uh, yep. a little Trumpy, actually, now that I think about it. Ugh. We can we can say the word now because you told us it was okay, <laughs> or you know the president told us yeah. to to take yeah. over the capital, so we did. And I'm doing or this for my, your boss. That was one one of them's like Thank yelling. You. We're doing this because your boss told us to. Yes. We're protecting your boss, and yeah, that was yeah yeah that shit's crazy. We to were invited by your boss. Then yeah, be like, what? That. What did we do wrong? I don't. What are you talking about? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <sighs> exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> On that note, uh, well, is there anything else that you guys uh, caught no, that we haven't talked so. about yet? Oh, yeah. No. All right. All right then. I think it's time for our white people question of the night. And, and the, I, I got this from a, a BuzzFeed that I saw. It was like uh, questions that black people get asked. Um, and this was one about: Are you growing your natural hair out? As a political statement. Good Lord. Yeah. So <laughs> everything that black people do is political in white America. So whatever we do, it, it has political it meaning, be, right? Because we want to. Right. And I'll be right. I'll no, you know, I'll be able to <laughs> more than happy to kind of talk about this because I stopped wearing weaves and what I call creamy crack. Um stopped firming my hair. Um God, how many years ago now? <laughs> Oof. Let's see, uh, shit, uh, probably the five now, I think one on five. Um, and I was definitely somebody that could never, ever imagine not wearing my, you know, my hair straightened or not having a wig or not having, you know, weaves down my back or not spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars in times, you know, in time on getting what made me comfortable because I wasn't what I realize now. I wasn't secure with what my natural grade of hair was and how it looked. But I just have to discover what was, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and what, and how what people the, respond um, to it, the uh, yeah. level and definition of beauty, you know, was, and, you know, my short natural hair is not that, mm-hmm. um, but that, you know, that kind of tells to growing up in a, you know, in a more than majority white town um, in the nineties, you know, um, like I always say, I grew up in a real mm-hmm. life Friday night lights kind of town. Um, and not knowing who I was then and being a teenager and adolescent, of course, you, you kind of, um, you assimilate to your environment and to your, your, your friends are. And so I did that for so many years, but finally mm-hmm. making the decision. And it was partly, I, like I said, it happened to the universe because I was hardheaded, um, and part of my own kind of decision. And then also with my husband saying, I love you with shorter hair. I love you like this. Like, you don't have to have that for me. Me going, oh, okay. All right. So one day when I cut my hair and then I cut my hair and I thought that I <laughs> mm-hmm. could see a little bit too much new growth up top. So I bleached it. And then I was like, I'm just going to put a little bit of perm, just a little bit of perm. And he's like, you shouldn't do that. You just bleach it. I'm like, I got this. Well, I put it on there, get in the shower and I'm washing my hair. Oh, my no. hair is just disintegrating like in my hands. So my oh, hair ended up being even shorter than what I had cut no. it. But when I got out, you know, my husband was like, oh. look hot. I looked at myself and I was like, yes, I do. I'm very regal. You have an amazing shaped head. You absolutely have an amazing shaped head. My face and my head was like perfect for it. And just always like, oh, they're just being nice. Um, but mm-hmm. it was a, yes. uh, it was, it was definitely no, a sense of um, <laughs> me feeling connected and, um, to my ancestors and to my roots and then to truly who I am, like just my natural, my natural state. So now, and I mean, of course, five years later, I would be surprised if there was some still, you know, residue, you know, residue of creamy crack because I had it for years, seven years. Oh, have you just said seven years? Damn. That's yeah, that's right. Um, so it's, it's in this natural state. Um, I keep my hair pretty short, but when it does grow out, you know, I definitely see those nice strong curls and, the the story that's within that for me um, is something that I connect to and it just makes me feel even more powerful as a black woman. So no, it's not a political statement. It's more of us being able to connect to who we truly are because we don't have that true connection. Our history was completely wiped away for us and our ability to be able to connect to us, to it. So if we're able to connect to it by living in our natural state and showing our natural beauty and, you know, then that's what we're going to do. And it's super powerful for us. And I maybe think this is what's a little scary to people. And so that's why that question may have been posed. Um, yes, we are. I, yeah. I, I totally agree with the scary part. I think the idea yep. of Black people yep. being proud of every mm-hmm. part of ourselves, no matter what that part is, is something yep. that has never happened before in the history of America because we've been yep. you know, put under everybody's foot for so fucking long that we're crawling out of this like yeah. low self-esteem yeah. hole as a people right now and embracing that. Like I am so envious when I was a kid, I wanted mm-hmm. blonde mm-hmm. straight hair because that's what I thought was beautiful. Right. That's what media was telling me was beautiful. I am so envious that I don't have mm. the curly hair I had when I was a kid. Like, um, I, I don't know what the grade would have been, but I, I, I say I like to tell people that I had black hair yeah. when I was a kid. And then when I went through puberty, it straightened out like I have ring. I have ringlets naturally now, um, but it used to be, you know, kinky. And I had an afro, a long mm. ponytail with my afro. But I had essentially an afro in like fourth, fifth grade. Um, 
and my hair just doesn't do it anymore. And it's just so beautiful to me that so many women are embracing what naturally is coming out of their head. And we're seeing not just like we're not just seeing the pretty natural hair, but like um, like Leslie Jones. She doesn't mm-hmm. have uh, traditionally um, what is traditionally seen as even a black hairdo for a woman because it's more. Uh, uh, oh, it is. It's very. Yeah, know, it's I very much in the 80s yeah. with like Kim yeah. play, but that's not mm-hmm. quite she, right. And she has. Not quite that like for you know, she, she lets for it go. Style, yeah, and for her style, yeah. it, that's that and it's that's what beautiful. she does. And I mean, for yeah. her to be for her skin tone to be what it is and for yeah, her and to have the, the stronger features that she does, it's very brave of her to be able to to pull that off. Because, you know Very. Yeah, because you know, she's Especially been called it being in the public and eye. she's been called, you know, all those those just mm-hmm. disgusting, disgusting things. But Look at her now. She brought back Supermarket Sweep, which is like mm-hmm. easily the get one of the best damn shows in the history of game shows. Right. Um, <laughs> but she's still doing what she's doing, and she still carries <laughs> on, and she still be successful. And that she that is a, an attest, a, a testament, you know, and a testimony. Um, I think you know, like you said, there is power in the movement, and the fact that the movement is so widespread is, like you said, it's definitely and like it's very scary. And um, to me, that's even more empowering. Because we start there, then we start fixing other trauma that I think is very deep within us. And um, I, and that's the way that I look at it. I think that it was some kind of trauma that, um, you know, we stopped recognizing our natural beauty and living within it. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's only going to keep happening. I mean, the whole gun movement, I think, right now, the people wanting to, the fact that 8 million more people became gun owners last year. And they said 2 million of them were, were African-Americans. That oh, is yeah. a movement too. You know, we're starting to understand our rights mm-hmm. and things. So, yeah, there's there's been a mm-hmm, there's been a really big movement in leftist circles to make yeah. sure that people are armed and know how to defend themselves and know how to shoot. And you know, it used to be that you would only hear about you know the people on the right who would go big game hunting and you know, oh, we need these high powered military grade rifles for hunting. Okay, that's a lie, but okay. Um, now you've got these people on the left who are going, well, fuck, yeah. I want to shoot an yeah. AR-15 too. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and it's freaking people out because like the NRA doesn't fucking know what to do. Now you when... got the John Brown Glo- Gun Club. I love that there's a John Brown gl- Gun Club uh-huh. because John Brown was an yeah. abolitionist and he wanted slaves to be free and to be treated as complete equals. And I think that's the perfect Person oh, see, I did a paper on him like two, three years ago, an African-American so. studies class. I never knew about him. I mean, and I took the class. Nice. The class was from the transatlantic, before the transatlantic slavery to just about 1635. So it covered all that shit that they never told you about. So I learned about mm-hmm. stuff and I was like, oh, holy shit, I am close to 40 years old and I did not know that. Um, but this class was awesome and, I, and we did have a paper about him. Um, to write. And so that's interesting. We're going to make sure we write that down because in our, 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 our new, I wouldn't say obsession, but in, in our love of firearms, we're doing research. It's not just that we're going, Oh, let's do this just to do it. So, you know, we're finding out. Yeah. We're finding out. Yeah. You were talking um, about that before we started recording. You know, there was always, who was the person that said that we should have five different type of each black household should have five pieces of firearm. It was killer Mike, but I thought he was based off of, um, so yeah, she was like, um, during, during slavery time, um, we can't think of the name right now, but she was the one who had a speech and she said, every black household should have five type of firearms, five different types in their household, 
you know, to be able to protect themselves and, and make sure that they are practicing um, their Second Amendment rights. Um, and so that's kind of what we're basing our, you know, our, I don't want to say arsenal, but our collection off of. Um, and it's just more history based for us. You know, they didn't want us to have the right. And so now just like voting, yeah. we have the right to vote now. They didn't want us to have it. They did everything that they could to make sure that we didn't. Now we have it. We utilize it. Um, same as the Second Amendment right. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to have, you know, and, and have a CCW the same as anybody else. You know, um, I am an American. I have every right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what we're kind of basing it off of. So I think if it's it's a connection to our true born given rights and our ancestry, it scares people. But it's not to scare you all. It's because we want that same connection that other people can have to their ancestry. We don't have that. Yeah. And we want to we want to be proud of what we look like and what we do because mm-hmm. it's who we yeah. are, not because you tell us it's so. OK. I, I just want to tack on here, too, y'all. Uh, don't sit up here and pretend like if I rolled up in an office with my natural hair three years ago, that was going to be OK. It mm-hmm. was not. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was not accepted. It was yeah. unprofessional. Right. Absolutely. In school um, and in, in work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's yes. still challenged as unprofessional. There are still places, especially in the South, that will kick kids mm-hmm. out of class for having dreadlocks or um, if, you hair know, wraps black or kid anything. comes in with yeah. the hair, yeah. you know, and just that's wrong. In classrooms, it's no, natural. It's, classrooms, it's like, right. anything it that's our culture, really. It should be against law in any aspect, but definitely in classrooms, because that is not your place to tell a child you know, or an adolescent, um, you know, what is right or wrong with Mm -hmm. their, with their ethnicity and their connection to it. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. Sorry, but I I agree with you. I agree. No, that was just the major point. It's, it's getting to a degree. And even now with this pandemic, a lot of us are working from home. I blew my hair out for the first time in probably Mm -hmm. three months last week (laughs) because I had to do like a thing for a client. So I'm still buying into the stereotype, but, um, there's nothing wrong with wearing your hair like that as long as it's your choice and not for some idea, yeah, yeah. some standard of beauty yeah. that you have I no mean, control even over. Even for that, though, I will say, like, as far as standards of beauty, and I don't even know if it's a standard of beauty because both of my parents, mom and dad, wore afros and stuff. But I grew up as the youngest of three girls and one boy. So... And my hair is a 4K, honestly. it's This is the most ridiculous thing. A lot of my stylists didn't really want to mess with me because this hair is impossible. I've posted pictures of it on Twitter. It's no joke. But um, I'd say it's a strong, I, I, it's a strong curl, girl. It's a strong resistance. It's, you know, deep in our roots. And then my current hairstylist told me it's a bunch of different curl patterns. So one section curls this way, another section curls that way. Mm-hmm. And my hair bed is at the top of my head where most people have it. I think she said towards the bottom. So it's mm. it's a mess but and hard to deal with. I do not know how to style my natural hair other than I slick it all back and wear that same giant bun on the top of my head because I grew up with a mom who grew up, you know, in the 60s blowing out and pressing Mm -hmm. her own hair. So I grew up blowing out and pressing my own hair. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of passed down. Do I sit up on YouTube and watch how to swoop your edges? Yes, I do. But um, (laughs) until I kind of... I wish my edges oh, came girl. in nice. They're so well, but there's some there's some out there that feel the same way. So like that's what she like what she's saying. That's why I learned to even style my short hair. That's why I learned which color you know because I I dye mm-hmm. my hair crazy colors. I bleach mm-hmm. it. So that's why I learned there about the best way to do it on you know my grade of hair. So there's somebody out there that can teach you a trick that you can get some 
some some swoop something that'll make you happy mm-hmm. um but you know you know and Lindsay, it's funny that you say you know that you don't know how to style your hair because i would think by your braided hair i would probably be like oh it's so easy i would think just putting some like oh, product girl. in it you know finger in it and then just letting it go Please. letting it be like <laughs> do not be fooled <laughs> by what you have seen. This hair is a beast. Now, I will say I switched products recently. I started using Herbal Essence, like mango curl something. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, that tames my hair. Then you can like, yeah, just put some gel and kind of go. I don't know what that's about. My mom said it's like aging that your hair, like just like with Tiara, she said your hair changes and like you're probably just at a different, whatever. Off topic, but But the point being that like- That's why there's so many products (laughs) that do the same thing. Well, not really. And and the more that natural hair movement comes out, the more that there is. So believe me- Exactly. And it's not cheap, and it's not cheap, mm-hmm. which I, I don't expect it to yes. be. Um, you know, I want to support. You know, my, my I want to support black women, and that's usually who these lines are coming out by. Um, I do give kudos to the larger, you know, lines like Suave and L'Oreal and whatnot because they are tapping into it, and they are like acquiring lines that are made by black women yes. for black women or for those that have natural hair, so that they have those products available as well. So I do give kudos to the, you know, to the industry. They're making the change that they need to instead of still lumping us all under one and making like, well, we know that cocoa butter works well, that you guys like shea butter or that you guys like this. And they're making a product that has those three, you know, (laughs) things like they're actually Mm -hmm. taking the extra steps and making sure that their products are ones Mm -hmm. that are going to work. So I think that's probably the most difficult thing for us, you know, as black women is finding those products because our hair is so much different. It's just, it's, it's a gamut of different, you know, you know, just levels and, and grades. And I don't think there's that in white women. I think you could put six white women in a room and I don't think there's a, you know, a K, a C, uh, you know, and numbers involved. I think it's like straight, dry, oh, yeah, definitely. Curly, curly, like. Well, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if this happens to, uh, well, to white women, I guess, or even Asian mm-hmm. hair because we have very porous hair. So yep. things like yeah. our medication can affect what happens to our hair. Um, like you bleach your hair and probably your curl stays mm, exactly yep. the same. I yep. bleach my hair and it goes bone straight. So, and that's not adding any relaxer or anything in there. It's just my hair dries out so quickly that I, I really shouldn't yeah, bleach, mine, bleach my hair, but I never want to have those natural curls. I, learn. I couldn't just so, bleach it and go about my business. I have to make sure that I, you know, I condition it overnight or, you know, mm-hmm. I do deep conditioners often or I use the color protectant. Like, so I have to have kind of a gamut um, of, of different products to be able to keep it that way. But like I said, cause our, you know, it's just not, it's not simple. It's not simple just to take care of our hair, but you know, Queens usually aren't simple. Mm-hmm. So that shouldn't, anybody. you know, yeah. kind of <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right. Finger there snaps again. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, is there uh, I just any want to give us kudos to you guys who made it through the first season of, Yay. you know, of the Boondocks, um, 15 yeah. episodes. Yes, yes. So and it feels better um, every episode. Love to our family here. <laughs> Good job, ladies. Um, and thank you to all of our listeners and, you know, our fans. And, you know, and maybe there's some critics out there as well. We appreciate you as well. Um, Yes, kudos to our producer <laughs> yes, and absolutely. to our secondary one, Hubby Hubby here, who produces on my end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Hubby one and Hubby two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And he and one last thing. Don't ask to touch black people's hair. Don't don't it's don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, oh God, please one don't. One last tip yeah. from the and don't exactly. just try to touch it without asking, because that yeah. fucking happens. Don't start too. conversation, and then all of a sudden your hands don't do it. To the top of their head. Yeah, don't. don't uh huh. Do don't do that. Petting you from behind. You'll like that. You'll like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so much left to everybody, and we're you know we're gonna be back next week. It's not like we're just ending right. forever. Of course. <laughs> yep. Yep. Next week uh, we are going to uh, recap the uh, first season and talk about. Things that we saw arc wise and our favorite stuff about it and that sort of thing. So uh, we will see you back next week. Bye and happy birthday to eat. Bye, everybody. Oh, thank you. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Hey, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for our season one recap show. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.